Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Q&E podcast. You're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. I got Edgar on the other line. Edgar, tell the people what's good. Episode 30 is here. We are at the 30th mark of the Q&E podcast. What's up, everybody? I can't wait to get into this. Quincy, let's start this off right. All right, man. So if this is your first time listening to the Q&E podcast, this is a primarily sports podcast. But we also talk about entertainment topics like movie reviews, show reviews, other entertainment, just regular stuff that's going on in the world. So definitely be checking out for that in the future or look back at our previous one that we did before about the Joker, Queen of Slim and other movies like that. But today we're talking about the conference championships for the NFL, talking about those recaps, giving you all a little uh, preview to the Super Bowl and then talk about other topics for the NFL, along with a little bit of MLB and college football. So let's start off with some last week's games, man. So the first game of the week, Kansas City versus Tennessee. Edgar, what were your thoughts, bro? I was completely shocked. I did not expect Kansas City's defense to do what they did against Derrick Henry. Like, the fact that they actually neutralized this man. And the Patriots couldn't do it. Uh, Baltimore couldn't do it. But somehow, someway... This Kansas City Chiefs front line was able to neutralize Derrick Henry. And I was just completely shocked by that. The dude didn't even get 70 yards. He got a touchdown, but he didn't even get 70 yards. You know, So I was really impressed by that. I had serious doubts about Kansas City's defense um, for stopping the Titans on the street that they were going. So I, I was really impressed by that. And the, the better team just won that game. I, I seen a lot of weaknesses in Tennessee that – we haven't seen in the past three to four weeks, so mm-hmm. that, was, that was just amazing to me. So that that's what that was my take on the game after watching. Yeah, man, Derrick Henry didn't produce, but he just couldn't produce. I think because they couldn't play the same way against Kansas City, against Baltimore, against New England. Those were two teams that usually want to run the ball, milk the clock, but against Kansas City, they score so quickly. It's like you have to score just to keep up with them, because in the first half, Derrick Henry was making ways. He was getting good runs. He was getting about five, seven yards a carry. But in the second half, all that went away. They started to get down. Tannehill had to throw. So the whole system and the whole philosophy of the Titans just basically went out the window. So they put the ball in Tannehill's hands and he just couldn't produce up to the level that they needed him to. They had to abandon the running game. And I don't know what it is about Mahomes and coming back. It's just like he's the best quarterback in terms of coming back probably ever, bro. How? Cause wait, what was he was down thirteen zero this game or ten zero? Uh, they were down ten seven at the end of the first, and they were down seventeen seven at the seven, beginning. Of it the was seventeen seven. So I feel like they're more comfortable down than when they really when they're up. Because when they're up, they have to run the ball to milk the clock. But when they're down, they can just throw it, just throw it all over the place, do whatever they want to on the offensive side of the ball, man. And it's effective, bro. So I remember you were saying that on. Uh, after the game, bro. So expand on that real quick. Uh, you- uh, I, I totally, I totally agree. Uh, for those who are listening right now, I was telling Quincy right after the game. I was telling him during the games and after the games, like, dude, like Kansas City plays way as weird as it sounds. They play way better when they're getting blown out. Almost like I, I don't get it. They're just one of those teams that they they let you get the lead, and then that's when the that's when they turn on the Jets. Mm-hmm. And I just don't understand it. I mean, we all understand the weapons that they have. Patrick Mahomes is such a huge double threat with his legs and his precise throwing. And then you got 
You got uh, Tyreek Hill. You got Sammy Watkins. You got Travis Kelsey. You know, you got all these offensive weapons. So it doesn't surprise me that they can score as efficiently as they do. But yeah. just the fact that two games prior to this game against Tennessee, they were down by like 20, 25 points at the most for one part, I think, out of, out of those two games. So the mm-hmm. fact that they're down almost three touchdowns, three and a half touchdowns basically, and just coming back and demolishing teams the way they do, and they almost basically do the same thing against Tennessee, it, it just speaks volumes to how this team plays under pressure. So I, yeah. I totally agree with Quincy on that. Patrick Mahomes is the best comeback quarterback in the league at this point, and I don't yeah. think it's any room to deny it. For sure, man. But I got to give credit to Tennessee just for making it this far. I didn't expect it. I was riding with them. I was just riding with them because of Tanny. But to them, for them to actually get to the AFC title game, big ups to the Tennessee Titans. They had the they had the running game working in the first half. Everything was going smooth, but just they just fell victim to the Mahomes train right now, man. And there's nothing else they can say, man. They was taking ten minutes to score, and then Patrick Mahomes scoring in two minutes. So it was like you can't you can't compete with that. You really can't. So the next game. It was an expected outcome. San Francisco, Green Bay. Green Bay got blown out like most people expected. Eggert, what did you see from the Packers that you that you had a bright? What was a bright spot that you seen from the Packers going into next season? Ooh, now that that's a hard question. Because uh, it was it was a lot of it was a lot of stuff that really didn't go their way. So what was a bright spot that you seen from them? A bright spot that I seen. Ooh. Uh, it was that bad, huh? Yeah, it was. It yeah, was it was. That bad. Yeah, I, it was. I was really sad watching this game. So I was too, you, bro. I yeah, was too. I'm not. Asked me to look for a bright side yeah. in this. Like, it's just, it's, that's a really, that's damn, that's a hard question to answer. Yeah, uh, bro. Cause I can't even really say they got to get receivers. Cause I don't imagine, unless it's like a trade, I don't imagine any receivers wanting to go to Green Bay. Probably got to uh, draft them, bro. They got to draft them. Yeah, but still, I don't feel like they're going to get, at least on surface anyway, I don't feel like they're going to get any top-tier wide receivers drafted to that organization. So let's just stick with that. Let's just let's just, uh, stick with that real quick. So they didn't look good at all, bro. We, me and you were basically watching the game together, and we were just saying that Aaron Rodgers, we just felt bad for Aaron Rodgers, man, being that it's been 10, 10 years since he's been to a Super Bowl. And during the middle of the game, I picked San Francisco, but they were just blowing out Green Bay for so much. I just wanted a good game. And the fact that I really didn't want San Francisco to get to the Super Bowl, I don't know. During the middle of the game, I wanted the Green Bay to come back somehow. But we were talking about Aaron Rodgers, bro, and what this meant for his legacy. So what do you think this means going forward? I just, first off, I, I did pick the 49ers to win I've around like week six five or six, I picked the 49ers to make it to the Super Bowl. So this wasn't unexpected for me. I I just feel like Quincy. I feel like I was looking for such a better performance from Green Bay. And Aaron Rodgers didn't do terrible, but it was an ugly, good game, if that makes sense. Like, Because if you look at his stat line, the only flaw he has is two interceptions. Mm-hmm. He got two touchdowns, threw for over 300 yards and only missed eight passes out of this whole game. Yeah. So stat-wise, stat he did good. But it was just the fact that he couldn't – he didn't have time in the pocket for the most part. The team just looked completely dysfunctional. The defense couldn't stop anything. 
it was just hard to see. A-Rod couldn't get his throws off, really. Ah, it almost made me shed a tear, man, because Aaron Rodgers, you know his nickname. He's that bad man, mm-hmm. but he, he definitely couldn't be that bad man against that 49er defense. Okay, so after after watching this game, do you feel like he's lost a step, step or how many years does he have left? Uh, Super Bowl contention-wise, yeah. it's over. It's, it's, it's over? over? Yeah, you giving up on him? I, I'm not giving up on him. But I have to be realistic. If I, if he could surprise me, by all means, do it. Prove me wrong. But I don't see any signs right now that show why Aaron Rodgers can make it to the Super Bowl again. I feel like that that era for his career is over. At this point now, he's just continuing to play. In my eyes, he's continuing to play for accomplishments and just the rest of his healthiness. Like Wow, bro. That's a, that's a big – I didn't expect you to say that. I think he. Uh, I think he got one more in there, bro. I think he got one more. I think he got one more Super Bowl appearance in there, bro. They just got to get him some weapons, though, man. Just having Devontae Adams is not going to be enough, bro. Who else was he throwing to on Sunday? He was throwing to nobody else. He, uh, who else was he throwing to? Uh, Devontae Adams and, and that was Jimmy it. Graham. Jimmy Graham was his second Jimmy Graham. target. Let me, look, let me look up the stats from the game. It was Jimmy Graham. You gonna see? It was, yeah, bro. Because that jump was crazy, bro. He was. Because all the big throws, just all the throws, period, were to Devontae Graham, bro. And it was like he couldn't get off at all to nobody else. Lazard, Valdez, Scantlin. Yes, Devontae Adams had nine receptions for 138 yards. Everybody else really didn't do anything. Graham had four for 59. The running game couldn't get going, which I expected being that San Fran is one of, like, the top three rushing defenses, man. But it was just – it was hard to watch, man. So – and you saying it's it for A-Rod, bro? The only way that Aaron Rodgers can make it to the Super Bowl again is he's going to have – they're going to have to draft and possibly pull off a trade to where he can get two or three all-time like receivers to go with Devontae Adams. He's mm-hmm. going to need at least one more big-time receiver and a big-time tight end. Other yeah. Than Graham. Yeah, Jimmy Graham washed up, man. He got to get out of there, bro. Jimmy Graham yeah. got to go. So they need to, yeah. Like Jimmy Graham is still there just for namesake. Yeah. They need a, That's they it. They need a really good tight end, and they need another all star receiver. You mm. don't, it don't even necessarily have to be Devontae Adams type receiver, but just a really good second option. Yeah. You know? so. And I didn't expect this coming down or watching the beginning of the season. Valdez Scantley looked like he was coming into his own. Allison looked like he was getting off, but. Towards the middle to the end of the season, man, all of those people just went away. It was basically just Devontae Adams the whole rest of the season, bro. And I was like, and that really disappointed me, bro. Especially being that Jimmy Graham is washed and you really had no other weapons. And they really didn't get Aaron Jones involved out of the backfield like I wanted him to be involved. No, I don't think it was really any catches for him. He had, yeah, five catches for 27 yards. So he really couldn't get loose like I thought he was going to. So. It was just hard to watch. Uh, but what did you see out of San Francisco, though? I was really impressed. Uh, I expected them to win. I I expected them to win by more than just a touchdown, but I didn't expect it to look like this. Like I thought it was going to be a close game that they just pulled out more in the end. But mm-hmm. this was just complete domination. They exceeded my expectations. I was very proud to watch them do that. Uh, as much as it hurt me to see A-Rod lose like that, 
it made me feel even better that I picked this team to show out the way that they did. Hey, bro. Hey, Jimmy G, six for eight, seventy-seven yards. You still trusting that man? I'm still trust. I'm trust. I keep telling y'all. Hey, bro. I'm up, bro. I gotta, I gotta check you every week. I gotta check you. See where your, where your meter is on Jimmy G. Six for eight, seventy-seven. He's managing. He's game managing. Everybody looking for him to just have his big breakout game, and he don't need to have it. He just gotta do him. Just do your part. Just get your few yards. But we don't want him to be Trent Dilfer. That's what I'm saying. We don't want him to be Trent Dilfer. I, I just I feel like he good. He's at a really good space right now. I and I feel like the moment where he really is gonna have to show out and save the day, oh he gonna he gonna shock everybody. He gonna put everybody on their feet. When it when the time actually comes where he does have to do it, I feel like he will. He gonna shot the rest of y'all, but I'ma just be sitting back like, see, I told y'all. Jimmy we ain't G. seen it yet, bro. We ain't seen yeah, it. We ain't seen it yet, but we don't got to. We don't got to. But that's what I'm saying. Do you expect that in the Super Bowl? Do you expect the Jimmy G moment? If the team continues to play how they've been playing this whole season, I don't expect to see it. But in the first quarter, if we get a vibe already from the team that okay, they. The rest of the team ain't performing how they need to. This is when the quarterback play needs to step up. If, like, let's say the running game doesn't work well and receivers just aren't really getting open, then that's when we're going to look to Jimmy G like, okay, what you going to do? Like, are you going to use your legs? I, I mean, we know Jimmy G isn't, isn't the fastest quarterback, but we know he, he can do a little something. He can get out the pocket, mm. get, a, um, get a little side run to the sideline, you know, and possibly get like five or six yards on a quick burst, you know, so I'm, I'm going to look to see that if it does come down to him having to make those heroic decisions. So yeah, man. I got to, I got to check you. I got to check you every week, bro. Cause I, I know one of these weeks, I don't want you. I don't want to hear you after the Super Bowl saying, no, man, no, man. I didn't say this. I didn't say that. I want you to stay on that boat. I want you to drown with the ship. You definitely got a record. All right, bro. That's cool. That's cool. All right, man. Let's let's move on to the Super Bowl. So, like I said, San Francisco versus Kansas City. They playing in Miami Gardens. What are your Super Bowl expectations from these top tier teams? Oh, my expectations. I feel like I, I got San Francisco winning, but the way Kansas City can win is if they just jump out the gate. Just play how they've been playing the past two games, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like this is going to be a game when you don't want them to get the lead. I feel like that's what type of game this is going to be. The yeah. past three or four games that they've played, they've been coming from behind. But I feel like this Super Bowl, this is going to be a game where you don't want them to get ahead because I feel like once they get ahead, you can't I don't, stop them. Yeah, I don't feel like you're going to be able to stop that flow because mm-hmm. if it turns into a shootout of touchdown for touchdown, that's a game few people win against Kansas City. Mm, okay, okay. Well, before we move on to the before, – before I put my comment in, I want to give a huge shout-out to Raheem Mostert, man. He was tearing up Green Bay the whole day on Sunday night, man. He ended up with 29 carries, 220 yards, and four tugs. Shout-out to that man. and. I think he's going to be the X factor for the Super Bowl. I think nobody is going to stop him. I don't think they're going to do their Derrick Henry treatment because you have to be so worried about San Francisco's weapons with Kittle 
and Debo and Emmanuel Sanders that I think Raheem most is going to have a huge game in the Super Bowl. So like you said, Jimmy G's not even going to have to have a huge game, but I think he's going to have to make a huge or a couple of huge throws to win it. But I think they're going to put it on the back of Raheem Mostert to win it. And Mostert from like the middle of the season on has really been carrying this team rushing-wise. Telvin Coleman started to tail off Matt Breida. So it really started to become his backfield, man. And he hasn't let up off the reins at all, bro. So shout out to Mo, uh, Raheem Mostert. I definitely see him having a big Super Bowl. So like we were just saying with Kansas City, man, and Mahomes, they got all these weapons. But San Francisco has a top-tier defense with the front seven and the secondary. So do you see them stopping Mahomes at all? Or at least slowing him down? I don't think you can stop him. Can they at least slow him down? Yeah, I don't I don't feel they can stop him because it, it's Patrick Mahomes. Same thing with Lamar Jackson. Uh, you can't really stop them. They'll either, one, blow it on their own and choke, or two, you can neutralize them, but just not really fully stop their game. Those are the only two things you can hope for mm-hmm. um, to do against a Patrick Mahomes or even a Lamar Jackson. Patrick Mahomes is going to have a great game. I see him throwing at least at least three or four touchdowns. Like This is really high scoring, I feel like. So oh, I feel man. like the best thing you can do is to stop the run game for Kansas City. And if you can stop the run game and – just make them throw the ball every down or every drive. As crazy as that sounds, I feel like that's the best way to do it. Yeah, because boy, you sound nuts. <laughs> no, no matter what team you play against, at the end of the day, for football, if you can stop the run game, you can have a greater chance of winning the football game. These boys don't gun- need the run game. Even if it's a gunslinging team like Kansas City, I promise you, if San Francisco can stop their run game to the point where it's just a complete non-factor, Kansas City won't win. I feel like that's the best way San Francisco can hope to um, win against Kansas City. I mean, San Francisco can win against Kansas City. But their running game hasn't been a factor these past two games. The running game really has been Patrick Mahomes getting loose and using his legs. Other than that, Daniel Williams ain't been getting loose. Now you see what I'm saying. Like I said, you can stop the run game, which includes Patrick Mahomes. That's what I said. There's only two things you can hope for. Either neutralize him or pray that he just chokes on his own. So mm-hmm. part of neutralizing him is stopping the run game. And he's a big part of the run game. If you can make it to where he literally has to pass, not run and pass, like just pocket pass for the majority of the game, make him beat you that way. Don't give him the opportunity to run on the outside or like run through the scramble pocket, you know, Take take away that run game effect as well. Mm-hmm. So I feel like in all aspects of the running game, Patrick Mahomes, uh, their running back. I just feel like it just it needs to be completely shut down for San Francisco to win. Mm. I, th- I think Tyreek Hill can have a huge huge game. I don't see anybody on San Francisco stopping him because they they usually run zone defense most of the time, and I can't see a zone defense really containing a Tyreek Hill. Because if he gets shut down, then Kelsey's going to get off. So it's really a pick-your-poison type of offense, bro. And that's why they're so unstoppable. And even if you slow those two down, they have a McCole Hartman. They have a Sammy. They have just so many weapons, bro. It's just it's too much, bro. But how did you feel about Stephen A. saying that if they would have had Alex Smith this year, they still would have went to the Super Bowl? 
I feel like it's somewhat true. I like what? Jimmy G better. I like Jimmy G better than Alex Smith, but to your credit and others' credit, Jimmy G does have weapons, you know. So No, I'm talking I, about I, Alex Smith for the Chiefs. Oh, for the Chiefs, for the Chiefs. Yeah. My bad. I'm thinking I'm thinking of 49ers, my bad. Yeah, I'm talking about Alex Smith for the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm about to say, because he he did play for the 49ers. Yeah, he too, did, he did. Bad. That's why I got that mixed up. But uh for the Chiefs, no, 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 no. They would definitely not be in the situation that they are now. I feel like I feel like they probably would have made the playoffs. Like they, oh, yeah. they would have yeah. made the playoffs, but I don't think they would have been a deep contender mm-hmm. like how they are now basically in the Super Bowl. I don't see this happening with an Alex Smith quarterback. I really don't. Yeah, bro. Alex Smith, he usually a dip and dunk type of quarterback, so you're not getting the deep shots like you're getting from a Mahomes. So I don't know what Stephen A was talking about. Uh, I don't think I don't see Alex Smith in any lifetime coming back from a twenty-four to zero deficit at all. Can never Absolutely. see Alex Smith. Yeah, I can never see Alex Smith doing that. So I, I just couldn't believe him when he said it. But he can definitely get you to a, a playoff game. That's what Alex Smith does. He's a solid QB, bro. It is something that Jimmy G can do. If you don't, if Jimmy G didn't have weapons, Jimmy G, I feel like Jimmy G could just get you to the playoffs, bro. Even if he didn't have a Sanders or Samuel, he gonna get you. Just off his presence, he's going to get you to the playoffs at least. And he resembles the Alex Smith a lot to me, bro. But a little, with a little more talent. With a little more talent. But Alex Smith is solid. And somebody that we're going to talk about right now. So Alex Smith is, has become a forgotten quarterback, man. He is playing for the Washington Redskins, but he had a terrible knee injury a couple of years back. But now his contract is resurfacing. This is the last year of his deal. Washington has their quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. So could you see Alex Smith, just like Tom Brady, finding a different home this summer? Uh, I possibly could. Uh, am I a big fan of Alex Smith? No. But he, he is a, at the end of the day, he's a pretty average quarterback. You know, he's not somebody that just completely turned your nose up at. 2018, before he went out, you know, he had over 2,000 yards, threw 10 touchdowns, uh, had five interceptions, you know. So it, it was it was pretty average. It was decent. You feel mm-hmm. me? So I, I feel like he'll definitely find a home somewhere else in the league. So let me um, ask you this then. Let me ask you this now. So if he was to go to somebody like the Bears, who have a couple of pieces on that offensive side of the ball, could you see them making a run in the NFC next season? Because he's better yeah. than Trubisky. Yeah, I, I like. Him. I was just gonna say mm-hmm. I like him better than Trubisky, so I feel like he'll definitely make a better effect on the Bears team that Trubisky has. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely can see the Bears definitely um, upgrading with that pick, with that mm-hmm. pickup of Alex Smith. I can definitely see that. Yeah, I think the Bears should, but it's something going on with that GM because the GM is tied to Mitch Trubisky. So it's like if Mitch Trubisky were to get cut or to get benched, the GM of the Bears will get fired because they're tied together and they. Obviously, the trade up to get him when you could have got Mahomes and Watson is really uh, weighing down that Bears organization, man. So I don't think they're going to make the trade because of that, but they should. bro. They, they need a change at quarterback. And Alex Smith, like I say, he's a dip and dunk quarterback, but he ends up in the playoffs, it feels like, every year. Alex Smith's going to get you there. You give him a nice offensive mind. He's had, he's had Andy Reid uh, in Kansas City. He had Mike... Mike uh, Singletary in San Francisco. He has good coaches. I think Adam uh, – Adam, damn, what's his name in San Francisco? Not San Francisco, but in Chicago. Matt and Nagy. Matt and Nagy. I feel like that's another good offensive mind. So if he was to go to a Chicago, bro, I think that would be a, a nice fit for him. 
And Matt Nagy is from Kansas City. So they already have a connection right there as well. So if you were to go to the Bears, I could see something, man. They got to let Trubisky go, though. But Edgar, man. What's good with your boy AB, dog? Uh, I really don't want to talk about nah, this. Nah, bro. Let it out, bro. I wanna, everybody want to hear what you got to say. I really don't want to talk about this, man. What uh, you got to if say? If there's anybody who just does not really deserve to be <laughs> in the league, it is Antonio Brown. A lot of people felt like I was harsh saying that before the season started, you know, with the whole situation with the Raiders over the offseason and then act out he acted with the Patriots, with not just being quiet with the legal issues he was facing and whatnot. I I just don't feel like he deserves to be on a team. His his immaturity just screams, don't put me on a team. And mm-hmm. what happened recently with him being arrested, uh, I think it was for a, a battery charge, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, he was arrested and let out on bail. And I think he has a court hearing soon. Uh, but I just, I, uh, I just don't like this man. Like I, I used to really like AB when I didn't hear him speak that much. But the more I heard him speak and the more I seen him act, I'm like, this this guy, I'm going to say it. This guy got to be on crack. Yeah. Let it out, bro. Let it out. Let it out. Yeah, bro, let it out, bro. <laughs> the man left out of court with a suit on top of a tracksuit in Miami. It didn't like, make no that, sense, bro. That just crack. I, I mean, Quincy tried to say it was. It's a CTE. I'm like, no, I know crack when I see it. Don't ask me, no, don't ask me how I know. I just know hey. crack when I see it. And that, that exemplified it, if nothing else. I, I wish the best for this man. Do I want to see him in the NFL again? No, because I don't feel like he's good for <laughs> locker rooms. But I hope whatever else he tries to do, he's successful in that. I think he's trying to be a rapper now. I don't know. But man. I don't know why we're talking about this. <laughs> Yeah, man. So AB has been in the news a lot, man. He was in the news this week because he had an arrest warrant out for him. He even he had an arrest warrant out for beating up a delivery driver. I think he robbed him as well. So it was a lot going on. He he finally ended up turning himself in. I think yesterday, and he got out on bail today. He's wearing an ankle monitor, so they're tracking him wherever he goes. So I definitely don't see him getting in the NFL anytime soon. But he just got to get his life together, honestly. He just got to get his life off the field. Like like I told Edgar, but I think it's CTE, especially after seeing that Aaron Hernandez documentary and seeing how Aaron Aaron Hernandez was acting and how after all these concussions Aaron Hernandez had, he started acting way different and how he started to become way more violent. His his actions just started to become way more irrational. I don't think AB going to kill nobody or nothing like that. I don't think it's that extreme, but just in his actions, they're just so irrational in what he's doing. And they just don't make sense. I think that could have something to do with CTE. And I also heard on the news earlier today that something involving his um his case, he has to take a mental evaluation. It's a mandatory mental evaluation test. So we could possibly see in the next couple of weeks if he does have some CTE symptoms. So that's something to be looking forward to, bro. I think that has something to do with it, bro. It could be some drugs. It could be that crack, that smack. It could be something. But I think it's that CTE, bro. Especially after seeing that Hernandez. I think it's going on with a, a lot more players than we actually think. So, yeah, man. I, I personally, I didn't watch the Aaron Hernandez story. I feel like they didn't put a, any truth in there, really. And then when, 
word came out that a lot of people who were on who the um, show was based off of, like a lot of people that were portrayed in the movie said a lot of the stuff that they put wasn't true. I was like, yeah, I'm definitely not watching it now because it's like everybody's saying they put a lot of lies in this and it just wasn't fact. The lies was the part of him being gay, I think. That's when they talk about him being portrayed as gay. I think that was something that a lot of people were saying was being lied about and they were trying to make a narrative of that. But the CTE was real. He he definitely had CTE. I feel like what they should have done was make a documentary. I feel like that would have been so much better than just trying to make like a biopic series and stuff like that. I think we try to do that. Like as far as like entertainment and media in that realm, I think we just try to make series of stuff nowadays so much that you could really just make a simple documentary. And I feel like it, that will be way more impactful. But people like shows nowadays. People like episodes. So I feel like that's why they went the route of making a biopic type thing. But I feel like they should have just did a documentary. Because with a documentary, you have to get facts. You have to show the real people. And you just have to you have to give the ugly truth. But with a series, with a TV series or um, a Netflix series or whatever, you can fabricate it how you want to give your perception. So I don't think you, you don't have to tell the truth in a documentary. You can be lying on a documentary as well. But with a documentary, you at least like get the input of the real people. So no matter what you try to portray it as, if you put the real people on there, or at least get the recordings of the real people to go with your documentary, even if you try to make the perception different, you can you can have opposing facts in that. But the thing is, this could have been a documentary as well, but we just didn't have the input of Aaron Hernandez to tell his side of the story. So that's what made it a biopic. So we don't know if it's true or not because we can't have the man that it's about tell his story. So it's like, we don't know if it's true, if it's not true. I don't think the gay thing was true. I think that's something that they try to put a little spin on it because they wanted that to be the main piece of the documentary or the biopic or whatever you want to call it. But I think his actions and what he was doing and why he was doing it was more based on his CTE. And they made that a real small piece of the documentary when it should have been a way bigger conversation being had in that documentary at least bro because they made it a little 30 minute section at the end of the documentary just to talk about his cte but throughout the other three episodes it was basically like okay aaron's gay aaron's gay this is what he's doing it he was a closeted gay man it's like why y'all keep trying to throw this in my face when at the end of the at the end of the documentary or the biopic you giving me that he had all this cte and that he had advanced stages of cte at, a, at 27 years of age that's what the whole documentary or whole biopic should have been about. CTE. Not him being a closeted gay man. That's not going to make me feel away. But the CTE, I was actually looking at intrigued while watching it, bro. Because it made me actually feel like, damn, this is what people do. Is this what people, how people feel when CTE could be a cause for something? And then they told you what are the symptoms and what are the causes, what happens when you have CTE. And I think that made way more sense of why Aaron Hernandez's actions than him being a closeted gay man. Because there's a lot of closeted gay people. They ain't out here killing everybody. But yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like closeted gay people everywhere in the world. But they're not out here killing people because they closeted. But CTE, we don't know enough about it to know that that could have been the reason why he was out here killing people. Because he really didn't know what he was doing. 
because a symptom of it is you're irrational. You become violent. You really don't know what's going on. And that's what they said in the documentary. Or you can look it up, the facts of it or the, the problems of CTE. So that's that was my thing on the, the Aaron Hernandez situation. But definitely watch that. I think I thought it was I thought it was all right. I thought it was solid. It was definitely a good watch. Just watching him at Florida and him growing up and stuff like that. But they definitely try to throw it in your face that he was a closeted gay man. And he does. He's not even here to tell his side of the story. So I don't like how they try to throw it on you. But hey, moving on. So first, shout out to Eli Manning for 16 years in the NFL. Great career, two Super Bowls, finals MVP, or not finals MVP, Super Bowl MVP two times. But Edgar, is that man a Hall of Famer? I feel like there's a case on why he could make the Hall of Fame, and there's definitely a case on why he can't make the Hall of Fame. I feel like if it wasn't for the, t- you can't just overlook Super Bowls, obviously, because they're Super Bowls. But mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the two Super Bowls, what has Eli Manning done throughout his career that makes you say, oh, yeah, he's definitely a Hall of Famer? He was some first mid. Ballot, first, first ballot, anyway. Yeah, he was some mid. So, yeah, he, he's like, he's literally, his record is literally 500, 117 and 117. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, you can't get more average than average. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like he just... He just hasn't impressed me enough or shown me enough of why he just deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I get it. His last name is Manning. Mm-hmm. Uh, there you go. the same amount of Super Bowls as his big brother. You know, it, not only does he have two Super Bowls, but his two Super Bowls were against the best dynasty that we've seen in the NFL. And Peyton last championship really didn't count, bro. That Peyton really ain't do nothing in his last Super Bowl, dog. It was that defense. It was so, killing Cam. If anything, the two Super Bowls against New England that nobody else could do, like nobody else could just defeat that team the way Eli did during that era, I feel like those will be the reasons why he makes the Hall of Fame. I just don't feel like he should be first ballot, maybe second or third ballot, sure. But first I think ballot, you, oh. Yeah, I think you made the best point with his last name, bro. If his, if his name was Eli Jones... I don't think this man would be in the Hall of Fame. I don't think any ballot he would be in the Hall of Fame. But since he's a Manning and his uh, his daddy is in the Hall of Fame, and he's his brother in the Hall of Fame, this and now it's just going to be him. And the Super Bowls obviously add some credentials to it, man. But other than the Super Bowls, you have nothing else to go off of. In the regular season, he was some mid. He really he was basically average. In the but in the playoffs, I got to give him credit. He did step up to the plate. So I would respect it either way. But what would you say? You said no, he's not a Hall of Famer? No, I think he ballot. No. I think I think he's a Hall of Famer, bro. Looking at I, it, he was he was some mid, but I think I, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I feel like he's a Hall of Famer, just not first ballot. Mm. That's he's bro. So he's gonna determine, he's gonna be the standard of what's the Hall of Famer and what's not the Hall of Famer for future Hall of Fame. Uh, ballot people like that. Exactly. He's gonna be. He's gonna be the standard. So they're gonna be like literally average. Right? Yeah. So he's gonna be on the edge of that. You know what I'm saying? Because it's levels two of the Hall of Fame, and he's gonna be on that last level. It's like just got in there. So it's like ah. Uh. So he's gonna be the standard. So if he gets in, that could create a whole new standard for the Hall of Fame. 
because I heard a couple people talking about Terry Bradshaw, how Terry Bradshaw is something that somebody you can compare him to, how he really shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame or, you know what I'm saying, did he do enough to be in the Hall of Fame? So I don't know. But I think he's going to get in there eventually. But I think it's more based on the fact that his last name is Man. If his last name was Jones, I don't care if his last – I don't know. I don't care what he did in the playoffs, what he did in the Super Bowl. He wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, bro. He just didn't do enough. And he was never somebody that you thought about as a top quarterback ever. You never thought about him as a top quarterback in the league, ever. He was never top five in any generation, even through even in his younger years, in his prime. He was never considered a top five quarterback. He was always somebody that stepped up to the plate in the playoffs. But he was never top five. Like his brother was top two or number one throughout most of the years of his career. But Eli was like number 10 or below a lot of the years of his career. So it's going to be interesting to see, bro, when it comes to Eli Manning in the Hall of Fame. But I think I think he's in at the end of the day. So this is something I watched. I watched something on NFL Live, and they were talking about draft redos for this season, man. And obviously, Kyler Murray went first to the Cardinals this season, and Bosa went second to the San Francisco 49ers. And we've seen how that has turned out for him. He's about to be Defensive Rookie of the Year. He's a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year. But Kyler Murray also had a great season this year. So if you had to do the draft all over again and you were the Cardinals, who would you be taking, number one? I don't think they did wrong with taking Kyler Murray because they need a quarterback. So I would say Kyler Murray in that sense. Um, who who do I think is the better draft choice? I say Nick Bosa, but the Cardinals needed a quarterback. So need I mean, a quarterback, they bro? They had, they had Josh Rosen. Uh, I like Kyler Murray better. Mm. I, was about to say, so I, I feel like they did the right pick in Kyler. Uh, like I said, I personally would have picked Nick Bosa. If I didn't need a quarterback, I would have mm-hmm. picked Nick Bosa just because I feel like he's the better player out of the two. But in regards to what the team needs in, in far, as far as moving forward, I feel like Kyler Murray was definitely the better, better pick. Man, can you just imagine, bro, a defensive line with Chandler Jones, who was top two defensive player of the year candidate, and then Joey or uh, Nick Bosa on the other side. That junk is dynamic. So if that if that would have happened, that would have been a scary front four at least. I don't know about the rest of that defense, but the front four would have been solid at least, bro. But I think they made the right decision at the end of the day, bro. Kyler Murray, I think I don't think he's gonna win Offensive Rookie of the Year because I think that's going to my man Jacobs. But definitely had a great season, man. So he had three thousand seven hundred and twenty-two yards. 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 64% uh, completion percentage. Nice stats, bro. And I think he's somebody that when he gets more weapons, because he really didn't have any weapons this season, we're actually going to see the real Kyler Murray. I think the only weapon he really had this year was Larry Fitzgerald. Other than that, he had nobody in Kenyon Drake toward the end of the year. But next season when they draft more wide receivers, more tight ends, and they get some defensive pieces, the Cardinals can actually do something, you know what I'm saying, in the NFC West. Because they, they were scaring people this season. They, they scared the San Francisco 49ers twice. I think they beat Seattle once. They thumped, they actually thumped Seattle. So they were already solid this season. I think they went 5-11, 6-10 type of range. But next season, I think they should be somebody you look out for. 
But I think the Cardinals made the right decision with a Kyler, though. But that that Nick Bosa and Chandler Jones front four, that, that jump would have been nice, though. I can't lie. Yeah, because Nick Bosa, 47 combined tackles this season, 15 assisted tackles, and nine sacks. And he had an interception. Like, mm-hmm. that's just a great rookie year. That's a great way to start off your defensive NFL career. Yeah. I don't feel like you can start it off any better than that. I feel like he has the potential to definitely be better than his brother. And we all know how great Joey Bosa is. So I, I feel like he definitely came off to a great start for his yeah. rookie year. And they got a great front forward with the 49ers as well, man, which really highlighted Nick with Eric Armstead, Solomon Thomas, D Ford. It's like that that defensive front seven was ready to break out this year. And then you add somebody like a Nick Bosa. And now it's just like a defensive overload for your front seven. So he came into the perfect situation that fit his needs. So I think this actually worked out for both teams, which usually don't happen, but it did. And this is something that we could potentially be seeing this year when it comes to Chase Young and Joe Burrow. So Cincinnati should be thinking about this. Should they pick a Chase Young over a, a Joe Burrow? No, they, they need to. <laughs> no, Joe Burrow. I, I don't want to see Joe go into a terrible situation, but Cincinnati, if you're listening, just go with Joe Burrow. Like, if if the Cincinnati Bengals pick a DN over a quarterback <laughs> in this time right now that they need to just rebuild, that will be the most Browns move I've ever seen. Like, that would literally be something I would just point out and say, yeah, that's what the Browns would do. Hey, man. They, they see it. They see it. What Bosa doing, they could be like, hey, Chase Young, Geno Atkins, maybe. And they're going to rock They gonna rock out with the Andy Dalton, the Red Rocket, the Red uh, Rifle. I can see it. Andy got to get out of there. If you want to thrive, <laughs> looking at Andy Dalton and Joe Burrow, you should automatically know what the answer is going to be. Hey. So, the, the red, whatever you just called him. Red rifle, boy. Don't disrespect Andy like he ain't solid, man. Andy is a nice quarterback. I think that's... to give Andy Dalton a nickname, and... but not Kirk Cousins. Okay. What has he done? That, that's, what, that's what we're doing. That's not... Me. What has he you done? Give me, you give me Andy Dalton of the Cincinnati Bengals a nickname before Kirk Cousins and Kirk Cousins. First, first of all... At least two times that he could be captain. Bro, first of all, I I didn't give him this nickname. This is a nickname he already had. I just heard it around, you know what I'm saying, circles. You're giving but, him credit for the nickname. Bro, like the Red, he got the Cincinnati Bengals to the playoffs multiple times. A lot of 11-5 and five seasons with the Bengals. You know what I'm saying? He deserves credit for that. You know what I'm saying? Not too good teams. You really just had A.J. Green, and you getting them to the playoffs. I think my man Andy deserves more credit than what he's gotten in Cincinnati, bro. He might have been – he might have – tailed off just a little bit, but he getting thrown in the dirt a little too much because he's going to get traded this offseason to somebody that actually needs a quarterback, and he's going to thrive in a nice situation. So shout out to the Red Rifle. I would take – I was about to say something. I was about to say something about Kirk. I'm about to say something. No, nah, I'll say it. The Red Rifle better than Kirk. If Andy Dalton was on the Minnesota Vikings – you know what I'm saying? Maybe a Super Bowl. That's that's just what I'm saying. Well, see, I'm hey, hey, bro, hey, bro. I don't, I don't make the rules. I don't make the I don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. Like everybody listening right now is just like, I know he did not just say that. I don't make the rules, bro. 
Andy Andy Dalton doesn't get enough credit, bro. That's 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 all I'm saying, bro. That's all I'm saying. I might have rocked with the Minnesota Vikings with the Red Rifle. With Cap with, with Cap Kirk. Ooh, ooh, I, don't, I don't know, bro. I don't know. But let's move on to the Pro Bowl. So the Pro Bowl is this weekend. They had a couple of events yesterday. They had um a precision passing event. They had a dodgeball, all type of funny events. So, Edgar, from what you've seen in the past Pro Bowls and the events, what would you change about the game? Should you think the game should just be taken away? What do you, what do you think they should do moving forward? Uh, I, I used to have the idea of kind of making it like basketball and putting the Pro Bowl in the middle of the season. But there's only 16 regular season yeah. games, so that would be terrible because mm-hmm. – I don't feel like eight games, I don't feel is enough to figure out who is Pro Bowl worthy. Just like how that's like trying to figure out who's all star worthy after 20 games, other than the already known people. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like the hard decision or the reserve players. Like it's hard to figure out who's all star or Pro Bowl worthy in such a short amount of time. So I used to want to say, put the Pro Bowl in the middle of the season, like how the NBA does with the All-Star game, but that wouldn't work because the schedule is just way too short. Yeah. Um, I feel like the only thing I want to see done better with the Pro Bowl is I just want to see the athletes try harder. You know, we already know none of y'all mm-hmm. going to the Super Bowl. And as soon as the Pro Bowl over, you're in the offseason. You know, yeah. so why not go all out? Why not give the fans what they want to see? Like, we don't want to see you guys letting each other score on each other. You know, yeah. like, I actually want to see people get hit. I actually want to see you guys play strong and competitively. So I don't. that's not really something you can change because at the end of the day, the players are going to play how they want to play. Yeah. But that's the only thing I want to see different, really. But that's how the Pro Bowl used to be, though. The Pro Bowl used to be like they actually used to play hard, actually exactly. used to hit, stuff like that. But now... I think because so much technology, you know the risk of what you're doing now. They don't want to put too much effort into a game that doesn't mean anything. And you're not getting paid as much. You're not getting really paid regardless, no matter the year. So if you win the Pro Bowl, you get $64,000. And if you lose, you get $32,000. For people that are making millions, that's not really appealing. So I I feel like that could be a change. More money. Because more money... I'm just one of those people. I used to really love watching the Pro Bowl when I was younger. Like, I I literally couldn't wait to watch the Pro Bowl because I'm like, I get to see all these people who played against each other throughout the regular season. They get to play on the same team for a day. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to see how, uh, who who are we watching back then? Like, I want to see how Michael Vick will throw to, uh, not Randy Moss, but uh, who, who was an NFC top wide receiver back then? Steve Smith. Uh, I can think of Steve Smith. Yeah, Steve Smith. I want to see what it looks like for Michael Vick to throw to Steve Smith like, and see how that duo works and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So same thing with today. Like, I want to see how Dak Prescott looks throwing to OBJ. Or I want to see how Lamar Jackson looks throwing to Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just certain plays and players like that. That make that should make you excited, but the lack of enthusiasm and the lack of effort over the past few years now for the Pro Bowl, I just really don't even care to watch it. 
Okay, so with that being known and knowing that they're probably not going to play hard or no difference in attitude towards the Pro Bowl is going to change this year, would you just like to see the Pro Bowl strip and just go to straight events regarding it? No, because I just feel like it's tradition. You know, Mm -hmm. I I feel like the tradition value is still there. At the end of the day, we, we still do need the Pro Bowl. I feel like we still should just have the Pro Bowl. Because yeah. it's just, the NFL just wouldn't be the same without it. And we've been doing it for so many years now that just changing that tradition would just be way too weird. So I I feel like it um it definitely deserves to stay. I just want to see the effort increase again. I think I think to move forward with the Pro Bowl, we just got to go forward with straight events, man. Because the events they, they were doing yesterday, bro, they, they look fun to me. It looked fun. The precision, the precision pass and the dodgeball, all of that, that looked fun to me. And if you just had a whole week regarded to just events, I think that you would get more enthusiasm out of a player because they're getting paid off those events as well. So whoever wins those events gets the prize or whatever. So I think doing that the whole week because the Pro Bowl, I know it gets good ratings. I think it gets better ratings than the first two games of the World Series. So people still watch the Pro Bowl. But it just isn't the same. So I think you would get more enjoyment out of the fans if it was just straight events. One thing I do feel like they should try to do, if they were to, let's just say the NFL does say let's get rid of the actual Pro Bowl game, they should do 7-on-7. Seven seven something like that, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's something that players will definitely give a, a ton of effort with. Because yeah. you don't have pads on. Yep. And you just... I'm pretty sure they'll either have flags or it'll be like... Yeah, flags, flags, flags. So I feel like 707 would definitely be something that everybody would want to do. The only downside to that is you kind of eliminate linemen and linebackers at that point, really. So it's like if you're a linebacker or, or a D lineman... I mean, that's fine. Like, it's, I feel like that that's just not fair to them. So It's not fair to them, but it's a more enjoyable game. I mean... We ain't come to the Pro Bowl to watch the linemen. I mean, no offense to them. You know what I'm saying? Y'all got to the Pro Bowl for a reason, but we want to see the athletes make plays. But they can they can act like they blocking in front of everybody playing or going out for passes and stuff. But Or they can be participating in the other events because the linemen yesterday were participating in the other events. So I could see them just doing that and just sitting out the 707. And the 707 could just be the last day of the event could just be regarded just to the 707 game. And the linemen already had their due with the events and stuff like that. Like the sled pushing and picking up fumble events that they had yesterday. That can just be for the linemen. And you can also have everybody incorporated in that. But just have the athletes, so the wide receivers and the quarterbacks and the running backs involved in the 707. The only only flaw I see with my idea of doing 707 is that you might have players that might not want to do it because the risk of embarrassment. Because I brought up the idea, I want to say like two years ago, and I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one who started this, but I know for a fact I have. Uh, let's switch over just to basketball for a second. For the All-Star game, I said we should do one-on-ones or three-on-threes and mm-hmm. let the best let the best players play the one-on-one or three-on-three to whatever score we pick. Yeah. But, you know, the downside to that is if a player or players lose, 
the embarrassment kind of goes up because it's like everybody's going to be like, oh, wow. So let's say Kevin Durant and LeBron played in a one-on-one. You know, we all know how sensitive KD can be. Like, let's say KD just lost in the one-on-one. You Do you understand, like, the amount of scrutiny he would face just from an all-star event like that, not even a real game? But, but that happens, be, though, bro. But that happens. Just say one-on-one. We all know now who the best player is, blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying, I don't I don't feel like that should matter because you're athletes at the end of the day. Everybody gets everybody get did every now and then, you know. But that saying? just determines that but that just determines who is the better one on one bat uh player or the the better three on three player. A basketball is a team sport which involves five players. So that doesn't decide who's the best player when we're actually in the NBA season. That just decides that you're the better one on one player than the dude that you're playing against. Or whoever is in that competition. I don't oh, think nobody's I, I embarrassed. I, I understand. I'll just tell you from a player aspect. And that's why I feel like it's kind of going to be the same with football. Like, if you have, um, uh, who's a court? If you have Jalen Ramsey against Tyreek Hill, and we all know the mouth that Jalen Ramsey got, can you imagine if we do 707 and Tyreek Hill just cooks him? Bro, that's what we want to see. That's like, what we want to see. That's though. what we want to see. But. The players might be like, oh, I in in the back of their head, they're like, no, nah, I'm not doing that because if I get did by one of these wide receivers, the media ain't never going to let it go. Like, that that specific player might not ever let it go. And now I got to live with people saying, well, we, we know he not really like that now now that we see him in 7-on-7 seven seven without pads and this, that, and the third. So, you know, I, I'm giving you the player thought process of it. I don't really care. I feel like, like I said, you athletes at the end of the day, like not everybody's going to have a perfect highlight tape. So but no, but they're competitors as well. So that's what we also want to see. They want to they see who's the best. If I can cover this guy one-on-one. Because I don't want to hear your mouth. That's like bragging rights throughout the season. That's basically bragging rights. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. So I feel like, I feel like the players. Nah, that's, I feel like the players would do it just to have the bragging rights for next season. And they'd be like, okay. So the person that gets cooked, for example, so Jalen Ramsey gets cooked. So he, if they play the Chiefs the next season, or Tyreek Hill cooks Jalen Ramsey, and then they play the Chiefs the next season. So Jalen Ramsey, Ramsey playing for the Rams. So, okay, you beat me in the Pro Bowl. That's cool. But what happened on this field, though? You ain't do nothing on the field when it, when it was about the real business, but you beat me in the Pro Bowl. So it's like that can, that can go both ways at the same time. And that's why I think they would do it. Because it's like, okay, you can have the bragging rights for the, from the Pro Bowl, but during the real game, I had shut you down. So what you got to say now? So I feel like it will work just because of that. Yeah. So I would, I would rock with a seven on seven, bro, at all, or just a one on one, or you know what I'm saying, something like that with the wide receivers in the corners. I would rock with that, bro. I would. Because I think that's better than what we're seeing now. I, I really do. But. The on the Pro Bowl is trying out some new, um, some new things. So they have an onside kick alternative, which will be tried out during the game. So they're trying to get rid of the onside kick. So the NFL All Stars don't use kickoffs. That means no onside kicks. But there is an option to keep the ball if a team can gain 15 yards on a single play. And this is what I was hearing throughout the week. So they're going to give you the ball at like the 50 yard line, for example. And if you get to the 35, that means you get you get the ball back for your team. And that's what they're going to do 
throughout this Pro Bowl. They're going to test it out and see if it could work throughout the NFL. How you feel about it? Uh, I don't know. I just think I'm old school, and I'm just used to the kicking. I would have to see it. Like, when, when they explained it and everything, I was like, it sounds cool. It sounds like something you would do on Madden, really. So I'm just like, okay, the theory behind it sounds cool, but I actually have to see it. I think I'm just old-minded like that, and I'm just so used to the kicking. Like, I, I feel like, if anything, we should go back to the old way on how we used to kick because kick returns have gone down so much, and I really hate that. Like, I I remember we used to grow up just watching Devin Hester just run kickoffs back like it was nothing. Hey, so. Yeah. I, I miss seeing skilled players and special team players do that. So the fact that they're trying to take an element of kicking away completely, I don't know how I feel about that. I would have to see it first to get my opinion on if I'm going to like it or not. I love this idea, bro. Honestly, I love the idea. Because usually you're not going to get an onside kick, bro. It's like a 1, a one in 50 chance that you're going to get an onside kick. But with this, you have a higher probability to get 15 yards than to get an onside kick. But as a defense, I don't know how you would feel as a defensive player because for some offenses, like the Chiefs, 15 yards is nothing. So I feel like they would just keep the ball the whole game just off the onside kick alternative. But for some teams, I think this will actually work. And I like the idea, bro. It's just something different. The onside kick, it just isn't an exciting part of the game. And sometimes we want to see people get the onside kick, and they never do. So this alternative way of doing the onside kick, I feel like it could work. But they shouldn't start it at the 50. It shouldn't be at the 50 and you have to get to the 35. It should be like a red zone type of thing. So you start at the 15-yard line, and if you have to score a touchdown to get the onside kick back or to get the ball back, I will rock with that because you don't have as much space to work with if you're a defensive player, so that will make it fair. And you just have to get the 15 yards and see if you can do it. I feel like that's fair both ways, bro, if they do it like that. Start from the 15 and then score. If you do that, you get the ball back. I I, I like the idea, like, a lot. I don't really like the onside kick no more. Yeah, I don't really like the onside kick no more. And if you start from the 50 and have to get to the 35, it's way more space that can be used, and that's harder for a defense to guard. But if you start at the 15-yard line and you have to get into the end zone, there's not as much space to work with as a defense, so that helps them out. And also – as an offense, you just have to get 15 yards, get in the end zone, and you get the ball back. I actually love it, bro. I love it. But moving on to the MLB. Before we move into uh, a couple of topics for the MLB, just want to give a huge shout-out to Derek Jeter for finally getting in there, first battle Hall of Famer, and Larry Clark. I'm going to be honest. I don't know who that is, but he got into the Hall of Fame as well. And... I wanted to dive into a couple of comments or a comment that Derek Jeter said at one of his latest press conferences on his Hall of Fame tour. So Derek Jeter states that so many black players feel like it's instant gratification when they play other sports and faster routes to success are why black kids don't play baseball. Edgar, we talked about this a little bit earlier. How do you feel about the comments and do you agree? This is my stance on Derek Jeter's comments. Let me just start off by saying I don't agree with him fully. And I feel like he could have went more in-depth with why he said this. And let me explain why. 
First off, I don't feel like that's true. I feel like when it comes to young, um, young, young black men in America, for the most part, we normally don't transfer straight to baseball. Like when we grow up in our neighborhoods and our communities, the two or three main sports that are pushed towards us are football, basketball, and track and field. Those are the three main sports that you grow up playing as a young African-American in America. So I just want to start off by saying that, and I feel like that's more of an effect on why we play the sports that we play. So I feel like he was wrong in that aspect of it. But I also see where he's coming from, because I feel like the standpoint that Derek Jeter is coming from is the fact that this new generation of athletes go for instant gratification so much more quicker than back in the day. And I totally agree with that. I feel like athletes all across the board, no matter race, gender, or whatever, try to get paid as quick as they can. But when it comes to the race aspect of it, I see where he's coming from because not only do we already grow up playing other sports, we know how hard it is to learn a new sport and try to make it into the pros playing that. So I feel like where Derek Jeter is coming from is, let's say you're a young black kid and you're gifted in football and basketball, if someone tried to tell you, hey, you should try to play baseball because that's where the real money is as far as American sports, that's where the real money is, they know those young teens and young black men, they know it's going to be way harder for them to make it in a sport that they don't really know how to play or Mm -hmm. have not played enough to be good enough to just make it into the league as quickly as they would with us back all we could do one and done or they know they might have a better guarantee of making it to the NFL than they do the MLB since you have to spend at least three or four years for both of those so I feel like that's where Derek Jeter was coming from I feel like it plays a small part in why black young black men choose the sports that they do but I don't feel like that's the totality of it and I feel like that's what he messed up at I don't agree at all bro uh, just truly don't agree. I think the, the instant gratification thing is about the only thing I agree with because I feel like this generation is all about the instant gratification and whatever they do. So in general, the instant gratification works. But when you say that's why we're not playing baseball and faster routes are the reason why we're not playing baseball, that's not true. Like you said, it's a small part and that's it. It's a small part. But we don't like baseball because it's boring as hell. And that's not what we growing up watching as well. And that's the reason why we're not playing the game. It doesn't have anything to do with the faster routes. Baseball just isn't our sport. When we stick in our lanes like a basketball, because this is what I was telling Edgar earlier. When it comes to a basketball, and this is something that Derek Jeter brought up in his comments. He brought up basketball as his main example. He was just talking about the one and dones and how the one and dones like to go Straight to the NBA, obviously, after one year. But that's just a small percentage of the black folks that are in the NCAA playing basketball. What about the other black kids that are playing in the NCAA? They're in the NCAA for four years, and they're still trying to get into the league. What? That's not instant gratification. They're taking the hard way. They're taking the longer route to get to their dreams. So it's just a small percentage that is in it for the instant gratification. But everybody else who is black and is taking the longer route in a football, in a basketball, are taking a longer route to get to their success. 
So Jesse, Jesse, he's just looking at a small, I just think it was real closed-minded of him. He just didn't expand his viewpoint. Because what he was just talking about was a small percentage of one-and-done players. He wasn't talking about everybody or the whole black community when he was making these comments. And I feel like he just didn't expand on his comments enough, and I feel like he should have. Because I feel like the real reason why we're not playing baseball is because baseball is boring as hell. But well, he's, I, I feel like the only people who really say that, I don't want to say only because I don't want to put all in one category. Most, and I, I feel like this is from experience, most young black kids who say baseball is boring, nine times out of ten have not tried to play or have not even really watched it enough because I myself played baseball when I was younger. I, I really love football and basketball. But I did play baseball, and I learned to like it. I learned to like it way more than I thought I would. And it's not as boring as you think it is when you actually learn to play it, learn the rules, and actually learn how fun it can be when you know how to play a certain position. So I feel like most young black kids who feel like baseball is boring, I feel like they just either have, have not had a personal experience with it or just don't try to watch it at all whatsoever. So I, I feel like that's the standpoint on why we might think it's boring most of the time. But other than but that... But even still, but even still, if you tried it and you play it throughout your whole time, that's not the reason why you're not playing baseball at the end of the day. You're not doing it for the instant gratification. So if you choose a basketball, you're not choosing basketball for the instant gratification. That's what I'm saying. Because there's only a small percentage who is going to get instant gratification from basketball. So if you go to any D1 school or any school in general, you're not going to get you know what I'm saying, instant gratification, because you're going to have to take the long route to get to your dream of the NBA. Just those small percentage of people playing the basketball is one and done. Everybody else has to take the long route. And I feel like it's the same way when it comes to football. Football, you got to be in there three, four years to get to your dreams. And it's a small percentage who is in the first round. And those contracts are all guaranteed. Everybody else got to grind for it. So I feel like he was trying to say something about the black community feeling like we're lazy, and I feel like that was it. Like, they want the instant success. They don't want to work for it like the other races want to work for it. And that's what I feel like the shot, or that's something that could be taken from the comments. That that shot could be taken. Like, yeah, they don't want to work for it like the other races do. The black people don't want to work for baseball. So they want, they want to pick the other sports because it's more instant. And it's like, no, these other sports, we're working just as hard in these other sports. That's not the reason why we're not picking it. You feel I, what I'm saying? I, I, I agree. That, that's why That's why when I gave my standpoint, I feel like it plays a small part. And yeah. I feel like he's trying to say it plays the one and only part. That's why I wish he would have elaborated a lot more than what he did when he said that. So that that's my stance on it. I don't agree with him as a whole, but I do understand where he's coming from with it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't got no Derek. I don't got beef with Derek Jeter over these comments, but it was just the fact he got to expand on it, bro, because that was a real shot on the black community for somebody who is Dominican. So you're not even in the community to be making these comments like that. So it's one of those, hey, bro, stay in your lane type of things, bro. Stand over there with the Dominicans. Don't comment on us on why we're not playing baseball, because that really felt like a real shot when it came to that, because it really felt like you said they don't want to work like us. They don't want to work like us Dominicans or us Mexicans or the popular races or the whites in the, in a, or in the MLB. But it's like, bro, we working just as hard in these other sports to get to our dream goals of the professional leagues, bro. 
So they yeah, take I that feel shot. Like you can you can flip it on him by saying that you know yeah. people of his people of Hispanic races or even white people to the the majority races that make up baseball. Those races you can say the same thing. They take instant gratification with that sport mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to make it in football or um, basketball. You know because they know they have a better and quicker chance of making it in that sport than they do with the other sports. So yeah. I, I feel like you could flip it and still give the same reasoning for any other race when it comes to any other sport that they're dominant in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bro, because I'm somebody that I was never in the actual high school team when it came to baseball, but I was somebody who was interested in baseball. I tried it. I didn't like it. It was just too slow for me, and even watching it, it was too slow. So I understand what you're saying about learning the game. Maybe if you get into it in high school, I understand what you're saying. But somebody who, growing up, that's something I did want to do. I used to practice with my dad in the backyard. But it was something that I just had to fell out of because it's something I just couldn't see myself doing down the road. Whether that was just not liking the game, just the game being so boring. It was just, that. that's just me. But I feel like that is the reason why a lot of people don't play it. And, and like you said, we're pointed toward those other sports as well when it comes to basketball and football. But I think the – yeah, but I agree with the instant gratification. That's something I do agree with. The instant gratification in general, just not talking about the sports, instant gratification for this generation is at a much higher level than ever because that is what we want. But, hey, shout out to Derek Jeter, though. I ain't got no beef with him over the comments. But let's move over to college football. Coach O got an extension. So shout out to Coach O. I think he's making like $7 million a year. And Clemson has the best odds to win the Natty next year. So what are your expectations for next season? I want to say Florida was like top six. I think LSU, Alabama, like the regular schools were up there. So what are your expectations for next season? Clemson or just for For anybody, but yeah, just college football. Yeah, what are your expectations? The Florida Gators are going to be in the college football playoff next season. I'm saying it right now, documented January 25th, 2020. Edgar Martin states the Florida Gators will make the college football playoff for next season. I'm telling you right now. I like the amount of four stars that we got. I think we got about almost 24 stars coming in. We have about, I want to say, three or four or five stars, finally, because everybody always likes to not Florida for not getting five stars. We got about three, maybe four, if I'm not mistaken, mm. that are going to be here either this summer or later in this spring semester. So shout out to the Florida Gators. I'm loving what Dan Mullen is doing with recruiting. Kyle Trask is just going to be amazing. I feel like he's going to be a Heisman Trophy candidate next season. With the amount Whoa. of weapons that we still have at receiver. I'm telling you. I'm telling you now. Watch out for Kyle Trask. Because everybody wasn't expecting him to do what he did when he came in for Felipe. And you see Felipe just left. Felipe had transferred to Arkansas about a couple of days ago. Because he knows his job gone. Man, we What's knew the... Felipe was trash, though, man. We knew Felipe, Felipe not man. trash. Felipe poo. Felipe not trash. Is Felipe he great? Poo. No. But is he trash? No. Like, he's definitely a good average quarterback that has good legs and can be a dual threat at times. I don't feel like he's trash. I wish him the best at Arkansas, but we all know Kyle Trask 
is for real. I feel like he's going to be a Heisman Trophy candidate next season, and I feel like we're going to be in the college football playoff. Damn, boy. If they didn't know you was a Florida fan, they damn sure know not. But uh, uh, I see the same thing, though, to be honest. I don't know about I don't know about Trask and the, the Heisman or none of that, but I think they do because I think LSU takes a huge step back. And with Georgia losing Jake Fromm, they're going to have to go young at the quarterback position. So it is really Florida's SEC to lose. And if you everybody knows if you win the SEC, everybody knows. Georgia not going to have Jake Fromm. LSU is losing a bunch of their starters because they're trying to go to the draft. And Alabama is on a downward slope. I hate to say it. I don't think the era is over because Nick Saban still there. As long as Saban there. I, just, I still trust Alabama to still be Alabama, but it like you just said, it's Florida's SEC to lose. So with it being Florida's SEC to lose, it's Kyle Trask Heisman Trophy to lose. Mm-hmm. He has no reason. Oh, bro, I don't, don't know about the Heisman, though, bro. I don't know about the Heisman because I think that's Trevor. I feel like that's Trevor Lawrence all day, and that's who I think is going to win the Super that Super Bowl. You're going to win the Natty next year. Clemson for the national championship next year. I'm not saying Trask is going to definitely win it, but I promise you Kyle Trask is definitely going to be a contender for the Heisman. He's going to be a top candidate for the Heisman. Yeah. Like I got, like I said, man, I got uh, Lawrence Lawrence for the Heisman and Clemson for the, for the championship, man. Everybody coming back. Clemson getting reloaded with the recruits. Yeah, man, I think it's not even going to be close. Everybody going to try to knock them like they did this year. Oh, they ain't played nobody. This, that, the third. Okay, we going to see. Because Trevor Lawrence going to come back a different quarterback. Get to the third world pass get the get. Get out of here, man. SEC football prevailed once again. That's all I'm going to say. I guess Clemson said, where y'all was at a couple years ago when we were stumping Alabama? I said, where was it? I said, where were you at when Clemson was thumping Alabama? I, first off, I I was not cheering for Alabama <laughs> because my dad is an Alabama fan, and I didn't want to be in the same room and let him hear me cheering for his team. That's the only reason why I wasn't cheering for Alabama on the outside. On the inside, I was definitely rooting for them to win. Mm. All right, then, bro. All right, man. Picks for the Super Bowl, man. We're probably going to have an episode before the Super Bowl, but let's just give our picks right now just so y'all know who we rocking with. So, Eggert, man, who you got? Uh, I got San Francisco, and I like them to win. I don't know what the score is going to be, but it's definitely going to be close. No more than a touchdown. Yeah, man, I'm rocking with San Fran, bro. Rocking with San Fran. I, I told Eggert over the, the weekend, bro. If it was a scenario where both teams could lose or both teams could tie, I wish it would happen in this game, bro. I don't want either of these teams to win, bro. I truly don't. That's why I wanted Green Bay to come back on Kansas City so bad so I can go for somebody in the Super Bowl. I'm riding with San Francisco, but I don't want Jimmy G to win. I don't want Mahomes to win. It's like, nah, I can do without either of them, bro. And this is the reason why we need dynasties, bro. I need somebody to rock with during these big games, bro. Tom Brady, Belichick, we miss y'all, man. We miss y'all for real. But give us a prediction for anything regarding baseball, football, any type of prediction. A bold prediction. Ooh, what's a bold prediction? 
I like Jimmy G to throw for over 300 yards in the Super Bowl. All right. That's a lot. Especially coming from somebody that threw 77. That's I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right. Uh, my bold prediction is I got the Tanny Wagon going for MVP next year. That's all I got to say. I, I'm, I I'm not – no analysis, no nothing. I'm going to let y'all let it sink in. I know y'all probably hopping on my head right now, but let it sink in. The Tanny for the last 10 weeks of the season was getting off. That's all I'm going to say. Tanny for MVP next year. I'm rocking with her. All right, Edgar. We're about to get out of here, man. Hit him with the social media. You can follow us on Twitter at QE Podcast one You can follow us on Instagram at Q underscore and underscore E underscore podcast. And you can follow our Facebook page at Q and sign E podcast. Yes, and you can follow me on Twitter at Q underscore Hicks 3. You can follow Edgar on Twitter at Edgar Martin 97. Follow his IG at Edgar Martin Official, man. Also, check us out on YouTube. Subscribe to all our podcast players, man. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on Breaker. Pocket Cast, man, we everywhere, man. So definitely check us out and email. If you got anything to email us, any feedback, anything like that, hit us up on social media or our email is Q-A-N-D-E podcast at gmail.com. All right, man, that's it for this week. We appreciate y'all for everything, for the listening, and it's the end of number 30. Peace.